Welcome to the Fearless Mom Podcast. Fearless Mom is a shame-free, guilt-free, judgment-free community of moms who are doing our best to set our kids up for their best. We know you're busy, Mom, so we don't want to add to your already long to-do list. We just want to help you be intentional in what you're already doing. This season will help moms better understand themselves and their children as they embrace the responsibility of raising up children who become resilient, courageous, and hopeful adults. We'll talk about everything from the value of daily rhythms and routines to creating your own family boundaries with technology. And rest assured, we most definitely will laugh along the way. It is our theme verse after all, Proverbs 31, 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. This is Julie Richard with the Fearless Mom Podcast. We're so glad that you have tuned in with us. We have a special treat for you. In the last episode, you heard from Dr. Chris Thurman, clinical psychologist, author, speaker, husband, dad, granddad. He shared with us his ABC model. A few weeks ago, he shared this with us in Austin with our moms and We shared last week, last episode, part of his lecture, and then we're going to jump right back in with the second part of his lecture today. A little review before we get going. He's talking about the ABC model, A meaning events. He says that events happen to us, all of us, every day of our lives, everything from five cent events to $500 events. Some events just happen to us. Some are as a result of someone else's doing, and some events are a result of our own decisions. And then he jumped to C, and C is our responses to those events. Our physiological response, meaning fight or flight, our emotional response. And he said that in his practice, he really focuses on these top five emotional responses to events. Fear, anger, sadness, guilt, and hurt. So the physiological response to an event, emotional response to an event, and behavioral response to an event. How do you respond? What do you respond? What do you do in response to those events? So A, and that was C, and then today we'll fill in the blank. If you didn't catch the last episode, I think you kind of want to go back and do that. Sometimes we say, it's not necessary, dive in today. But I would encourage you to go back and hear part one of this before diving in today. And if you already did, great. You are up to speed and you're ready to hear part two from Dr. Thurman. They have made a lot of progress on understanding the structures of the brain in the last 10, 20, 30 years. And what they now understand that they didn't maybe 40 or 50 years ago is that an aversive event triggers your amygdala, which is your emotional brain. So what's actually happening in us is that an external event that's aversive in some way triggers your emotional brain and therefore you are instantly flooded with physiology 
and emotion. So there is a sense in which the event, I'm going to use the word triggered, and I want you to use the word triggered, because here's what I'm trying to get us to not do. There's a mindset in the world that says the event made me feel what I felt. And I do not believe that's biblical or accurate or true, okay? So let me, let me kind of tease that out for just a minute. If you're like me, let's say somebody's riding my bumper. My natural fleshly reaction is that guy's making me mad. Now, I want to tell you something. If you interpret reality that way, you just gave away your power. And you don't want to give away your power while you're here, okay? Because if they're making you mad, they're the only solution. And you do not want to give people that kind of power over whether or not you stay angry. You, you see what I'm after? So I want you to try not to give in to A causes C thinking. I want you to try to know or, or buy into the idea that A triggers my emotions. It doesn't cause them. And that may sound like semantics, but it's really important semantics. And that's why I teach my clients to move away from that really hurt my feelings to I language. I felt hurt about what they did. You see the difference? And it's huge. If you will own your own emotions, you are really headed towards some psychological health that will really be good for you. But that is contrary to your flesh. The fallen, broken you does not like the idea of owning your own emotions. It doesn't want to. It doesn't care to. It's going to be resistant to you doing that. So I want you to really try to work hard on making that distinction from here on out. When you are feeling sad, I want you to own it. I am feeling sad about, and then fill in the blank. What was the trigger that you're feeling sad about? That's the way you, you say it. Now, after having brought that up, let me go ahead and put B in. The B part of the ABC model is what secular psychologists call self-talk. And what that actually is, is a reference to, I think, the most important way that you bear the image of God. The Bible's real clear that you are made in the image of God, but a lot of us don't know what that means. Part of what it means is when God made you, when God knit you together in your mother's womb, he has a mind, so he gave you one. That's one way you bear his image. God has a will. When he made human beings, he gave them a will. God has emotion. When he made human beings, he gave them emotion. So those are ways you bear God's image. Here is, I think, the most important way you bear the image of God. You've got a thinker. You've got a thinker. You've got the capacity to think. Okay, so that's what it's referring to. That you have a mind, and with your mind, you think. Okay, other words would be you assess reality. You evaluate reality. I would even use the word judge. The Bible does not teach don't judge. That verse does not mean don't judge. That verse means don't be judgmental. That's what it's talking about. Your ability to judge got you here safely today. Okay? You're supposed to judge. 
but you're not supposed to look down your nose at other people as if you're better. That's being judgmental, and you're not better, at least not compared to Jesus Christ. You get that difference? Yes? Okay. So your mind is in play. Forty years ago when I started teaching this model, I used to teach. I didn't teach that had anything to do with it, and I would simply say the event triggered your thinker, and your thinker led to your reaction. I still believe that's true, but I think it's not all that good to leave out the amygdala as if emotions don't run the show out of the gate. Your rational mind's not running the show out of the gate. It's in play, but you almost have to blow through A, B, and C and then come back and start thinking about what you were thinking. So I want to camp out there. I'm probably going to spend the rest of the time talking about self-talk. Now, this will sound like me being the Eeyore that I am. Like I'm an Eeyore. Uh, God love me, I'm an Eeyore. Oh, man. You, uh, I came into the world sad. I've been sad the whole time I've been here. I'm pretty committed to being sad. Uh, the sky is always gray in my soul. So... Pray for Holly, my wife. Uh, she's happy-go-lucky. You know, she's fun-loving. She's got a great sense of humor. You know, she she runs into walls, stuff like that. You know, it's just she just she's just not sad. You know, but her husband of 42 years is incredibly sad. Okay, well, I don't know why I said that. I just wanted to just wanted to share that with you. I, yes, I was frightened and traumatized as a child. That's why I've been sad the whole time. All right, so let me talk about uh, self-talk. While this could be my Eeyore-ish side, I think your thinker is a lot more broken while you're here than you ever realize. Now, let me say that again, because it's really important for us to try to come to grips with that potential reality. I think your thinker, your ability to see reality accurately is a lot more broken than you realize. And I'm not putting us down. I'm just saying, hey, I think we think our thoughts are a lot more accurate than they ever are, is what I'm also trying to say. And if, if reality is this, okay, if reality is that line, I, I never think we are perfectly aligned with it in how we think. And if you're like me, sometimes you're like really misaligned with reality. I mean, you're, you're that far off in how you perceived the event. You distorted it that badly in your head. And again, I'm not putting this down. I'm just trying to say, let's quit denying that. Uh, you know, for a lot of years of my 69 years of life, I thought my thinker was doing fine. I thought my view of reality was fairly accurate. I thought my view of God was fairly accurate. I thought my view of me was fairly accurate. I thought my view of people was fairly accurate. And now at my age, I'm realizing just how inaccurate it has been the whole time. And that's why you're told don't lean on your own understanding. That's why you're told to develop the mind of Christ, not your own mind. 
Because your own mind is not anything you want to develop any further. That's why you're told, think on what's lovely, true, pure, and worthwhile. The Bible has a lot of themes in it, but I believe one of them is the renewal of the mind. Because at the end of the day, that's your only hope. You're not going to find hope here. The world's not going to start treating you better anytime soon. I can promise you that. So don't put your hope in that basket, right? And if you're like me, you're going to continue to really experience a great deal of emotional and behavioral reactivity to life. On this side of heaven? Yeah. So where is our hope? Our hope is in God, and our hope is in he who is truth. And if he says something, then we need to take it to the bank, and we need to quit thinking otherwise. If God says you're fearfully and wonderfully made, then you need to adopt that as how you view reality. Not, quit, not keep thinking that you're worthless or you're never going to amount to anything. That's not biblical. So I've got some bad news for you this morning. Okay? Your thinker is a mess. Your thinker's a mess. It's a dumpster fire. What's happening between your ears every day? I'm often told I have the gift of discouragement, and this is, you know, this is it being acted out at your expense today. Your thinker is a mess. And that's why I would encourage you, as weird as it sounds for a psychologist to say, don't ever trust your thoughts ever again. Ever. They're never right. Thank you, Chris. We really appreciate you coming. <laughs> this will be your last visit to Fearless Moms. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, if I were the enemy, and because I'm a Christian psychologist, some people think I'm the enemy. You know, they think I'm the devil. Okay. I check myself for three sixes sometimes. But if I were the enemy, I wouldn't attack you here. And I wouldn't attack you here. I'd attack you with a vengeance here. Because if I get B, the other two are handed to me. If I get your thinker, your emotions and your behavior are going to be a mess. And if your emotions and your behavior are a mess, you're going to mess up A. That's where I'm going. If I'm out to kill, steal, and destroy, I want you to believe every lie that I can get you to believe. Because garbage in, garbage out. Messed up life out. Right? Yeah, that's right. But you're like me. You put a lot of stock in your thinker, right? You think your thinker's good. And I'm telling you, your fleshly thinker is not good. Your fleshly thinker is not good. There are people in this room right now who are what we would call super intelligent. That's different. Intelligence is different from mental wisdom. You with me about the difference on that? Yes? Okay. So if we had an eight-hour day today, to do this material, we would go down more deeply into the stinking thinking problem. What are the tapes that really get people dysregulated in life? What are the tapes that generate clinical depression, anger and rage issues, 
resentment and bitterness? What are the tapes that lead to unforgiveness when somebody's wounded you? How can we develop the mind of Christ while we're here? That would be what we'd work on the rest of the day. Now, again, I'm not trying to promote my stuff, but I wrote The Lives We Believe to put all this in a book. So if you want to drill down more deeply into what the faulty thinking issues are, okay, that's a book that you could turn to because I go into 32 different faulty forms of thinking and what the Bible has to say about them. So that's a place you could turn if you wanted to. If each of you would just buy 10,000 copies of The Lives We Believe, I would really appreciate it because then I could maybe retire and play golf and irritate my wife and my granddaughters more uh, and make that my full-time activity. It's November and that means the holidays are here. We have a Thanksgiving discount for the conference tickets, guys. Head over to fearlessmom.com to get your ticket and use the discount code too much turkey. That's right, all one word, too much turkey. November 21st through 28th, this offer will save you $30 on your conference ticket. That's fearlessmom.com. I want to go back to the A causes C notion and try to drive home again why that's a lie just to give you a little bit more to noodle on about it. I want to drive home that A doesn't cause C by using the Texas OU game. Now let me drive home the A does not cause C, and how can you know? Texas OU, all right? At one moment in that game, at one time period in that game, let's say that the event was Texas, which they really don't do very often, scored a touchdown, okay? (laughs) Let's say that Haley's Comet occurred and we actually scored a touchdown, all right? Okay, now if A causes C, and let's say that all 72,000 people in the stadium witnessed the same exact event, If A causes C, I want somebody in this room to explain to me how you now have 36,000 happy people and you have 36,000 suicidal people. (laughs) I want you to explain that to me with an A causes C model. You can't. That's why you know your model's bad. If your model can't explain reality, then you need to jettison your model. And the A causes C mentality, the event caused my reaction, cannot explain Texas OU. The A causes C model cannot explain how when somebody rides my wife's bumper, she moves over and prays for them. And when somebody rides my bumper, I slow down and get into it with her. The model can't explain that difference between Holly and I, nor can it explain the following. When I look in our checkbook at a certain number, that's the balance, okay? To me, it says, save for winter. When Holly looks at that same number, she has Yahoo Mountain Dew as her reaction, okay? Now, how do you explain that? How do you explain that? It's the same number. Now, I shouldn't have told you that Holly was the Mountain Dew one because I could have asked you, 
which of the two of us is the Yahoo Mountain Dew one? And if you had assumed my wife, you would have been being sexist. You would have been being right, but you would have been sexist. But the point I'm trying to make is, folks, do not go through life with a model that cannot explain why people react so differently to the same thing. Put B back in. Now you can explain it all. How do you explain Texas OU? That day, 36,000 people walked into the stadium with University of Texas tapes. And God love them, 36,000 people walked into the stadium that day with OU tapes, right? So when Texas scored a touchdown, what does the University of Texas fan think? This is good. This is awesome. We might win the game. That's what they think. And that leads to being happy. Thoughts produce after their own kind. What does the OU fan think when Texas scores a touchdown? This is bad. Why do we give these kids Camaros if they're going to play so badly? I hope none of you are OU fans, and I want to apologize to you right now that I've been putting your university down because we're no better. You get the point. You can explain when you give people the thought piece back in, when you start to drill down into how people think very differently about the same issue, you really can start to cook with grease. You know, it really starts to get pretty exciting about individual differences. I'm not going to go off on a political rant, but part of the reason why politics are so fractured is that nobody's taking the time to understand how the other person views reality. Because they think that if I understand it, I'm saying I agree with it. That's not what understanding means. Understanding just means I've taken enough time to really listen to how you think, and now I understand how you think. And now your behavior makes more sense to me. And now, come let us reason together, right? That's not what's happening, and we are divided like crazy because we're not taking the time to listen deeply to how people think about reality down in their gut where it matters. I want to take about five minutes to mention one of the deadliest styles of thinking that you can fall into, and then I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to see if Julie wants to come up. And One of the deadliest ways of thinking it's called a cognitive distortion is the term that's given to it. It's called personalization. One of the ways that your mind is really fractured is that you take things personally. That's one of the ways that your goose gets cooked every day is you take things personally. Why do I not handle people riding my bumper well? You want to know why? Because I take their behavior personally. That's what cooks me every time is I take it as a personal affront. Now, those of us who are parents, let me just say to us in a compassionate way, when our kids come into the world, they can't think any other way. They just can't. It's called egocentric thinking. That's what that is. Your kids cannot take what happens to them any other way than personally. They think, they are wired in a fallen mind to think that what happens is either their fault or about them. And that is why abuse of children is so deadly to them. They think it's their fault. It's not. But they think it is. And they can't think any other way for a while. 
we all have a tendency to take things personally. Uh, there's a quote I came across that said, at 20, we think uh, others are thinking about us. At 40, we don't care what they're thinking about us. And at 60, we realize they haven't been thinking about us at all. <laughs> and, and, look, and look, there's a certain amount of maturity that's in that transition. Is You're not really... You're not really maturing if you're still thinking that it's about you when you're 60. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought and I reasoned like one. Now that I'm an adult, I've put away childish ways of thinking. He's talking about many ways of thinking as a child that we need to put away to become an adult. This is one of them. He's talking about his own transition. He's talking about his own development of the mind of Christ. I've learned not to take things quite as personally, is what he's saying. And that's one of the more important fallen mindsets to work on, is you've got to learn to not take what people do personally, and you have to let that be about them. Now, is that easier said than done? Are you going to spend the rest of your life as a mom taking your kid's behavior personally as if it's about you? Yes, you are. Are you going to need to overcome that to raise these kids properly? Yes, you are. If you don't overcome that, you're going to continue to look to your kids' behavior for how you feel about yourself, and you're going to be cooking your own goose, and you don't want that, right? It's really hard for us to raise healthy kids if we're still thinking like they do, right? That's a pretty tough task, right? I'm trying to teach you a way of looking at reality that says you can break it down into at least three things. You can break it down into the event that took place, whatever its size, and whether you were responsible for it or not. You can break life down into reactions that you have to an event, physiological, emotional, and behavioral. You can be more aware that your emotional brain is what takes over right out of the gate and you can break it down into the thinker that you have that is supposed to help you get back to being regulated after you've reacted badly, okay? So that's what the model's trying to say. And again, we could spend 30 days on this solid and not plumb the depth of this way of breaking reality down properly, okay? Now, before I pray for us, I want you to hear a pat on the back. And I want you to try to internalize this. Given that I don't know you, you can't know if what I'm saying is just blowing smoke or whatever. I think it is awesome that you are a mom. And I think that is one of the most, that is one of the most glorious callings. And I am so proud of you that you are a mom. And I am so proud of you that you're trying to be fearless and that you're trying to go out there with confidence and boldness, not a spirit of fear. And I'm proud of you that you're trying to not go out there with false guilt running the show. So I want you to hear that. What you're doing is going to echo forever, okay? And I admire that you want to do it excellently. I admire that you want to do it well, okay? All right, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your goodness, your love, your kindness, your tender mercies. God, thank you for these wonderful moms. Father, I would just ask that you continue to empower them in your Holy Spirit to be excellent at raising kiddos, that they would really let you use the experience of motherhood 
to help them further develop the mind of Christ, have the proper ways of thinking about their role and their job and their kids and, and all of that. I just pray for you to really bring truth to them and help them to get it from their heads down into their innermost being. Thank you for these mothers. Thank you for what they're up to. Thank you for their desire to do it well. We pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Gosh, I'm so glad that we have experts, that we do have therapists that we can learn from, that we can hear from and get stronger, get better, understand better what is going on in our minds. His words about self-talk and about our mind. I'll tell you what, it is a game changer for me and I, I hope that it is for you as well. Gosh, I hope that you enjoyed Dr. Thurman as much as we did. His insight, like I said, his wisdom and yes, his wit and his sense of humor. We are so grateful to him for sharing his expertise and his wisdom and his insight with us. And we look forward to touching base with you next episode. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fearless Mom Podcast. Through every conversation, every practical tool, and every moment we can point a mom to hope, we are so honored and grateful to share it with you. And if you're loving these conversations, let your friends know. Tell them about the Fearless Mom Podcast. It's the best way for moms to find out about our show. Also, we'd love it if you'd share a review or maybe leave us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And find us on Instagram at fearless underscore mom to stay up to date on all things Fearless Mom on all news and all events. We'll see you next time. And remember, mom, you're not alone. We're all in this together.